anything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were gathering with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Thank you, Ruth, for uh, that reading. It's a short reading, and in it, Jesus does something shockingly strange. I don't think it's there on the surface. We have to dig a bit to get it. But, but I put it to you that it's shockingly strange. And the strangeness of it comes out in the question. There's a question in that little reading that was put to Jesus by a group of people. They were named as the Pharisees. I'll say a little bit more about them later. But, but, but the question put to Jesus is, is, is this question. It's, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Do you think that's a fair question? Do you think it's a reasonable question? Is it a good question? And maybe you're new to church. Maybe you don't have a clue whether that's a good question or not. Maybe you know the Bible well enough to perhaps understand some of the stuff that's at work in this little story and you can think along what you know. Is this a good question or not that's put to Jesus here? Why do you eat and drink? Tax collectors and sinners. I, I want to suggest to you there's, 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 there's a lot in that question. And I want to show you what it is so that we can kind of get the full force of what they're asking because I think it's a good question. I think it's an excellent question. Okay? Here are the things we need to wrap our heads around. Eating and drinking, tax collectors and sinners, why? Eating and drinking, what is it? Tax collectors and sinners, who are they? Why? That's, that's the structure. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to unpack that. It's, it's going to show us something about today's story that, that teaches us about the grace of God. And then I'll in the end, introduce to you just the series of what we're going to do for the next five weeks. I'll first deal with today's theme and then the series, okay? Eating and drinking, tax collectors and sinners, why? Do you notice that the the story went... Sorry, guys, you may have to move me along in the back today. 
There we are. Jesus goes about his business early on in this place in the Bible called Luke. He meets a man called Levi. He's also called Matthew. We'll talk more about him later. Levi held a great banquet, big party, eating and drinking. Pharisees question to Jesus, you've already heard it, why do you eat and drink with this person? You see, there's something about this eating and drinking that's a big deal here. It's, it's, it's not take out Maccas, it's, 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 it's eating and drinking. What is it? Why, what is this, why is this such a weighty thing? Let me, let me illustrate to you what eating and drinking means in this question. Over the last month, I've had the privilege of being invited to two weddings. Um, one was Ben and Alyssa's, and um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic and such a stunning experience. The other was in Queensland with a good friend of mine, and, and in that one I've had the additional privilege to be uh, a, best ma- a best man, best mate. <laughs> Same thing, perhaps, right? You see, here's the thing about weddings. If, if Perhaps you've had to organise your own or if you've attended one or more. You know that to be a guest at a wedding is is something quite special, isn't it? Because the organisers can only invite so many people. Uh, A bride and groom can say, I can invite 50 people to a reception or 100. And then enter all the really awkward conversations of, well, where do we draw the line? Which aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, you know, do we cut out? What do we, who do we include? Who do we not? And the result is that the group who ends up at the wedding and at the reception, they can probably say to themselves, I can be assured that this bride and this groom, they're serious about me. They really see me as a person. They really care about me. They would seek my well-being. They, they love me. It's, 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 it's not just like every other event or gathering or sausage sizzle that you have at the footy with a bunch of people. It's, 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 it's deeper, isn't it? Can I put it to you that in the world of Jesus' day, eating and drinking with someone was on par being invited to a wedding, right? Here's a quote from a, from a writer. It says, It would be difficult to overestimate the importance of table fellowship. That's eating and drinking. For the cultures of the first century of our era, Jesus' time, mealtimes were far more than occasions for individuals to consume nourishment. It wasn't just about food to survive or to live. No, it was about much more than that being welcomed at a table for the purposes of eating food with another person had become a ceremoniously rich symbol of friendship, intimacy and unity. It's a big deal. Big, big deal. I am serious about you. I want to be intimate with you. I want to be united with you. I care about you. That's eating and drinking. 
It's been on to tax collectors and sinners. Large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. The question that the Pharisees ask, why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? Who are they? I'll illustrate to you again. Let's just say it's my wedding day. I'm organising it. And to my reception and my wedding day, I'm going to invite this man. Hands up if you know who this man is. Perhaps you do, maybe you don't. Described by most newspapers this week as arguably the most hated man in Australia. His name's Richard Pusey. Richard Pusey, a little under a year ago, drove his uh, Porsche down the Eastern Freeway in Melbourne at 147 kilometres an hour. He, as an arrogant millionaire mortgage broker, pulls over on the side of the highway to take a leak. And as he does so, a drugged-up truck driver collects a police car in an accident in which, unfortunately, all four police officers die. Richard Pusey takes out his phone, films them dying, and eventually gets in a car and he nicks off. He was sentenced only this week to a mere 10 months in jail. The judge expresses these words at the time of sentencing. Your focus was entirely on yourself. It was not only derogatory and horrible, but it was also callous and reprehensible. That's tax collectors. The feeling you have towards Richard Pusey is the feeling every upstanding Jewish person of the day had towards a tax collector. <laughs> I won't draw you in too deeply of the exact and precise nature of why they felt this way, but, but believe me when I say they earned it, right? They were Jewish people who, who worked for the, the Romans who subjugated the, the Jewish lands and they needed to collect taxes and they, the Romans' way of collecting the taxes was to appoint Jewish people from among their own and say, you need to collect the taxes. We don't care how you collect it. We don't care how much extra you collect. As long as you bring us the information, you spy on your own people, you lie to your own people, you betray your own people, we get the taxes, you can keep the excess, and this whole crowd of people called tax collectors started to uh, get filthy rich out of this. And they loved it. They, they encouraged each other. They, they, they became this sort of, uh, yeah, I don't know, the, the wolves of Wall Street of the day, right? Utterly reprehensible, disgusting, and vile. And along comes Jesus. And he says, I will eat and drink with you. I want Richard Pusey at my wedding, sitting at the guest of honour's table. I want to be intimate with him. 
I want to be united with you. Do you see the question from the Pharisees? <laughs> Why? Why would you do this? Why would any decent, upstanding person who's serious about what's right and good and decent rub soldiers at such an intimate level and give such an intimate platform to such a disgusting person? Why? This is wrong, what you're doing. Right? That's their question. Is it a fair question? <laughs> it's a very fair question. It's a very fair question. And here's Jesus' answer, which is, as always, just so deep. Here he goes. He says to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, I've come to call sinners to repentance. There are two groups of people in the world today. There are two groups of people in this room here. And I'm going to work with Jesus' metaphor here. Healthy and sick. Healthy people and sick people. Jesus is talking to each group, but before I give his message to each group and you consider which one you're in today, let me just explain to you what it means to be healthy. We're not talking about physical health here, although that's part of it. We're talking about spiritual health, spiritual well-being. Every single person in this room wants to be spiritually healthy. You may not call it that, but the truth is you want to be a person who says to yourself, I am satisfied, I am happy, I am fulfilled, and I am okay, and life is okay, because my future is okay. Because I am loved by God, ultimately, is what you want to say to yourself, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm okay. I am well. I am satisfied. Things are good. They are as good as they ever have been and ever will be and ever could be at all, period, in my life. I am fulfilled. I'm accepted. I am joyful. These are the symptoms of a spiritually healthy person. The kind of person that... Levi wanted to be, right? The kind of person you want to be. And here's the thing that Levi missed. It's the thing that you may miss today. The thing that I think I've missed for much of my life. Health is a free gift of God. He comes and his son Jesus, and he says, I will take your sickness and every bit of it on me, on the cross. And I will give you my life, my health, my well-being, my fullness, my satisfaction, my guarantee, my promise for a life for you in eternity where you're not only spiritually healthy, but you're going to be physically healthy. That is a gift. It is free, and it is to be found only in Jesus. I think, well, actually, no, I'm certain that Levi discovered exactly that. Health for him was to be gaining money. He wanted to be rich. You watch The Chosen, you'll get a good portrait of this man, Levi. Health comes from being wealthy, 
I need to be wealthy, therefore I'm going to associate with other people who are healthy, other tax collectors, and I will roll out of my way anyone and everything who stands in the way of being wealthy because I need wealth to be healthy, to be full, to be free, to be satisfied. And Jesus says to Levi, you're sick. Notice Jesus doesn't mince his words. Would you have been offended if you were Levi at that point? He outright says to them all in, the, in his response to the Pharisees, you're sick. You don't have health. You're broken and sick. Can I ask you today, this is the first application that Jesus gives you and me today. Are you sick? What are you chasing? Is it the way you look? House you live in? Cars you drive? Your popularity at school? Sex you hope to have? Is it your religious moral perfection? like the Pharisees, because they make no mistake, they were just as sick as Levi. Different sickness, but sick. Thinking they could be perfect and achieve this sense of health on their own steam by the rules that they would obey. Do you do that? Your understanding of church? Your feelings of compulsion to be successful, busy? It won't make you healthy. It won't give you the health you seek. Jesus came for you. He's telling you today you're sick. And he's asking you to turn. I've come that you may turn. That you may simply go and say, I'm done with this thing that I'm chasing to give me happiness and wholesomeness and well-being. It's not delivering. So quit it and ditch it and turn to Jesus. The simple prayer is, Jesus, I want to be healthy. Your health. Give me it. Would you do so? And I'll pray that prayer in the end and ask you to echo it in your heart if this is what you're struggling from today. He invites you and he assures you that it is for you whom he came and no one else. If you're sick, caught in sin, Jesus is for you. Second group of people are the healthy. I'm not talking about the Pharisees. I already told you they're sick in their own way. I'm talking about those who have turned, those who have received Jesus, those who are healthy only insofar as they've received Jesus. That's what makes you healthy, right? Do you realise if that's you today, even though you're still struggling and your journey towards ultimate restoration and health will only be complete one day in a new heavens and a new earth, but if you're on that journey of repentance and restoration and healing, do you realise that your call is to be like Jesus, right? <laughs> you're supposed to pass on this health of which you're a recipient. So here's the question for me, for you, perhaps. Am I eating and drinking? Am I eating and drinking with those who need the grace of God? I eat about 28 dinners in a month. 
how many of them are spent with those who need the grace of God. I'm, I'm not here talking just about the people who, who don't know Jesus, but you like them. I mean, many of you live with people who don't know Jesus, your own family, and, and it's a wonderful thing. You need to hear that this morning, that you're in the right place because you're eating and drinking every single day with someone who needs the grace of God. And can I encourage you? Keep praying for them and loving them around the table fellowship that you have in your house. It might be tedious, it might be difficult, but invest in that. You're in the right place. You're where God wants you. For others, perhaps like myself in pastor land, and, and if you're in the Christian bubble, this is, this is going to take deliberate intentional investment to say, I, I, I'm going to be intimate with the people who not only who don't know Jesus, but I like, but the people who I don't like, the Richard Pusey's, at least some of my meals and my intimacy uh, spent around table fellowship should be with those who are vile, disgusting, horrifying. I'm not only going to donate money to others who are doing it, I'm going to do it myself, right? That's the call and that's the challenge that's extended for the healthy here. Jesus' words to you and me is, may I have... Oh, I may have to change that, lest I'm no different to the Pharisees who would never hang out with Levi and therefore could never pass on the health that they should have possessed. Let me finish by wrapping up both this message as well as introducing to you the series. We're calling this series A Meal with Jesus. It's based on a book by an author called Tim Chester. He tells us this. How would you finish this sentence? Jesus came to dot, dot, dot. There's three ways in which the Bible answers it. Number one, he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, that you may be healthy. He came, second one, to seek and save the lost. He's not here for the in crowd, he's here for the out crowd. Right? Here's the third one. The Son of Man, Jesus, came eating and drinking. One writer says, you read the New Testament, Jesus was either coming from a meal, at a meal, or going to a meal. He was. And you have no, you, again, you get your Pharisees. They go, what's up with this guy? <laughs> He's not doing ministry. He's eating and drinking. It's what he does. Literally. I would be upset. I think I'd be offended. I'd, I'd, I'd have a grievance against, you know, this isn't, this, isn't, this isn't ministry, right? This isn't serving. This isn't church. And Tim Chester asked the question, rightly, he says, isn't there something to learn for us as a church in that? He says the first two questions answer the question to us about why Jesus came. The third one, Jesus came to dot, 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 eat and drink. This is how, how, how he did it. Why he came, how he came to communicate what he did. Tim Jesus says quite openly he doesn't want to reduce church and mission and ministry to eating and drinking. He's not saying it's just that simple. But he's saying meals in the New Testament they illustrate to us more than illustrate, they are enacting, acting out, living out who God is, what God is like. 
in today's message, grace. God is a God of grace. God is a God who seeks to be very intimate with Richard Pusey. He seeks to change Richard Pusey. He seeks to make Richard Pusey healthy as he sought to make you healthy and me healthy. And the way he did that is he came and ate and drank with you, one way or another, right? Enacted grace. And so we're going to just journey through that for the next four weeks. We're going to see a different thing that the meals of Jesus enacted along the way. I'll challenge myself, you to receive the very thing that the meal is enacting if you haven't. And if you have, if you're the healthy, consider how you can live that out yourself. How is God calling you, me, us to embody that as we hold out God to those who don't know him? It's very much part of mission, but it's also part of community. And we're either going to share a meal in the weeks to come to practically embody this. That's the series. That's what we're going to do. And we hope and trust that it is healing to those who need it, but also equipping to those who seek to pass on that marvellous health of Jesus. Let me pray for us, and then um, we'll sing our final song. God, the thing that makes you stand out from all other things in the universe can be probably boiled down to one word, and it's grace. Not only do you not give us what we do deserve, you fully give us what we don't deserve. You fully give us health. (laughs) Marvellous, deep, life-altering health, starting now and promised to become full through eternity. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you came to, to us that you came to pass it on. Thank you, Jesus, that you were so remarkably different from all we've ever seen and that you still are. So I pray for my friends here this morning who are very sick and maybe like Levi at this point aren't offended by that, but open to receive health. I receive it today and I ask for it. If that's your prayer, echo it in your heart. And Lord, I pray that you would answer it fully and wonderfully. And Lord, for those who've received it and are on the journey, restoration, being healed spiritually, and we know physically one day, Lord, would you please so fill us that we would join with you and look for the ways in how we can participate in your how. We want to be like you, Jesus. We want to enact grace. It's difficult for us. We struggle with it. But we ask for your help. We ask for it that we may sit very close to the forefront of what you're doing, calling Levi's as you care for them, love them, and see some of them entirely and utterly changed. We pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and sing.